place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I am your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Monday to you. Um, the man, it's the they did it again. The the Patriots won the Super Bowl again six times. Tom Brady is now putting rings on his other hand. After winning five, he wins his sixth. Super Bowl 13 to 3 over the Los Angeles Rams and um, I am guessing there's not ho- not a whole lot of happy listeners right now hearing me having to discuss the Patriots winning the Super Bowl and I don't want to spend too much time on it but I do have a few thoughts to share on the game uh first of all 13 to 3 Super Bowl defense Guys, it still matters a lot. I know everybody wants to crown the Chiefs and what the Rams were able to do in the regular season and all these coaches, all these hot shot coaches, Zach Taylor, Cliff Kingsbury, Matt LaFleur, all these guys are getting head coaching jobs to be the next quote-unquote Sean McVay. And at the end of the day, that's great. And it's never been easier to play offense in the NFL than it is right now. But defense still matters, and we just learned that in the Super Bowl. The Patriots beat the Rams because of their defense. Because they had a brilliant defensive game plan, just like they had the week before against the Chiefs, and won the Super Bowl. So as much as you will hear people say defense doesn't matter, it's all about the passing game, We literally just saw the Patriots win the Super Bowl because they held the dynamic Rams offense to three points and were able to run the ball 32 times for 154 yards for an average of almost five yards a carry. Would have been over five yards a carry if Tom Brady didn't have to kneel the ball. They only passed the ball for 262 yards, did New England. Defense are running the football, man. We we can try to sit here and say... That it's all about the passing game and defense doesn't matter and running the ball is boring. It still wins football games. I thought Lou Riddick had a really good tweet after the game. And I'll be honest, there was a lot of crap on the timeline during and post-Super Bowl last night. But he had this and I thought it really did a good job of kind of encapsulating some of the thoughts I had about the game. He said, I have so much to say post-game about this quote-unquote boring Super Bowl. It was a coaching masterpiece in terms of defensive fundamentals and patience, resiliency on offense. Be like water. Have no form. Do what's necessary to win. I think that is a great way to sum it up. Everybody wanted to say it's a boring game. 13-3. to Offense, non-existent. Well, maybe it's just because of good defense. And I, I, I like football in all, every way. Every way. Just because there's not a lot of points and a lot of yards doesn't mean it's bad football or boring. You have to appreciate the types of games for what they are. And uh, it's not about just being able to throw the ball all over the yard. You have to have a complete football team. And um, you have to be able to win in a lot of different ways. And the Patriots proved that one of the most adaptive teams 
every year, and that's why they're so great. Obviously, Belichick and Brady, they're, they're an unbelievable tandem. Uh, but I um, thought there was a lot to take away from this game in terms of it's not all about just airing it out and pace and space. Uh, was really surprised Julian M- Julian Edelman was the MVP. Uh, I think he was certainly the best offensive player in the game, the most impactful offensive player in the game, but they held the Rams to three points. I just don't know how you don't go to the defensive side of the football for the MVP, and uh, I- I'd have to give it to Stephon Gilmore, former Bills number one pick, signed a deal with the Patriots. He's He was the best corner in football this past year, no questions asked. And in this game, he had five tackles, three pass breakups, forced a fumble, and had that interception there in the fourth quarter that probably near clinched the game for the Patriots. So uh, I know Edelman caught 10 balls for 140-something yards, 141 yards. But anytime you win a game 13-3 to and you have Gilmore playing lockdown coverage, yeah, I think I think he probably deserved the MVP. Uh, so that's my big gripe there. The big thing, guys, is we can't have the Patriots back in the Super Bowl next year. That'd be four in a row for them. And uh, I think I've said this on the podcast before, but the Bills don't have all that much going for them. But they do have those four consecutive Super Bowls, and I'd like that to be a Bills exclusive record. So. Uh, I know it's not hard to motivate people to root against the Patriots, but if there ever was a year to root against the Patriots, it's next year because they can't be getting to that game four times in a row. Take a year off. Hopefully take the rest of time off. They've had those Boston fans. Not, I mean, just I know across all of their sports with the Red Sox and Celtics, they, they've been sensational. But, I mean, that, those, those fans have had several lifetimes worth – of football success. And so the league will just be more fun when Tom Brady's not part of it. And the thing is, Tom Brady didn't necessarily have a great year. He had a good year. But this team is about Bill Belichick right now because he's developing plans and he's holding people accountable and he's out scheming teams and winning Super Bowls despite what I think was probably one of the least talented Patriots rosters we've seen them have in a long time. But I'm going to get off of this soapbox. I don't want to talk too much about the Patriots winning the Super Bowl on the Lockdown Bills podcast, but we had to fit it in here. Uh, It is the day after the Super Bowl, and we don't have a live NFL football game to watch until next September. So uh, bittersweet, bittersweet. All right, so the Bills did make a couple of hires over the weekend, filled a couple of vacancies in the coaching staff, figured this would happen pretty soon. Uh, We get them both confirmed over the weekend, and so we've got to talk about it. Uh, First of all, Ken Dorsey hired as the quarterback coach, replacing David Culley, who left for that job with the Baltimore Ravens. Very important position on this staff to – develop and be in the room with Josh Allen, franchise quarterback Josh Allen. And the Bills' immediate and, you know, the next chunk of history will be dictated by Josh Allen's development. So Ken Dorsey is a critical hire and a critical piece of any success the Bills will have in the future here. 
Uh, let's kind of take a look at him here. 37 years old. He played five seasons for the Cleveland Browns and the 49ers. So five NFL seasons after he won that national championship uh, for Miami in 2001 as their quarterback. Uh, after he stopped playing, uh, I think in 2008, he became a pro scout for the Carolina Panthers from 2011 through 2012. In 2013, he was hired as the quarterback's coach for the Carolina Panthers, a position he held through 2017, through some of Cam Newton's best years as a quarterback, uh, including his MVP season in 2015. Um, And uh, they had a good run. And then in 2018, after the season, in January 2018, uh, he was fired from the Carolina Panthers along with Mike Shula. They made a couple changes. They had a couple down years off, uh, offensively after the, after the great 2015 season where the Panthers were the number one scoring offense in football. And Ken Dorsey, along with Mike Shula, was fired. After he was uh, fired, he took a job with FIU as uh, an executive there. And then he was recently hired on as the offense as an offensive assistant for Appalachian State, where he held that position for five weeks before becoming the quarterbacks coach for the Buffalo Bills. I think there's three main takeaways that I have with this hire. Number one, he's young. And that's been the case with Heath Farewell, the special teams coordinator, Bobby Johnson, the new offensive line coach, uh, and now Ken Dorsey, the new quarterbacks coach, 37 years old. Sean McDermott continues to give young guys chances to coach and not go into the recycling bin of coaches that we see so many teams do. We just talked last week about Rob Ryan being hired on as the linebackers coach for the Washington Redskins. Give the Bills credit. Now, this one is actually one of the more experienced hires they've made, given he's had five years of coaching experience in the NFL at the position that he's going to hold with the Bills. Uh, but uh, none, a young guy nonetheless, a guy that was getting a chance to be uh, you know, an offensive coordinator for App State. Uh, his familiarity with John McDermott is something I want to mention. Obviously, there was some overlap there when McDermott was the defensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers, and he was on the same staff with Ken Dorsey for several seasons, including that Super Bowl run in 2015. John knows him. And so I think you can always think about players that Sean McDermott's going to bring in and coaches that he's going to bring in, and you're going to realize that there are people that he is generally familiar with. He's picky. He wants to know what he's getting in. He likes the devil he knows. And uh, uh, you, can, you can be assured that McDermott's comfortable, uh, and that comfort comes from knowing who Ken Dorsey is. The other thing I want to mention is, obviously, during his time at Carolina, he worked with Cam Newton. Cam is arguably the best dual threat quarterback the NFL has ever seen. And Ken has experience working with that type of a skill set, one that is not unlike that of Josh Allen, a guy that can make dynamic throws, has some inconsistency with mechanics and accuracy, has that ability to extend plays with his feet and run, really pick up chunks of yards. So... I like that he has that experience working with Cam Newton. I think that will lend itself very favorably to working with Josh Allen because they have stylistic 
similarities. So I don't think that hurts at all. So main, main recaps with Ken Young, familiarity with McDermott, and that experience with, with Cam Newton, I think, is, is good uh, for what he's going to be getting into with Josh Allen. The other hire that the Bills announced over the weekend was Chad Hall as the wide receivers coach. Uh, Chad was with the Bills the last two seasons as an offensive assistant, and now he's been elevated to the position of wide receivers coach. He uh, is 32 years old, and he played five seasons in the NFL for the Eagles and Chiefs uh, from 2010 to 2014 after he was an undrafted free agent uh, from the Air Force before, uh, before he played in the league. Uh, a little fun fact with Chad Hall that I discovered when I was researching him. Chad Hall's sister is married to Detroit Lions starting quarterback Matthew Stafford. For whatever that means or matters, that's uh, something at least I found interesting and wanted to mention here on the pod. All right, so the three main takeaways that I have again here with Chad Hall are not all that different than the main takeaways from Ken Dorsey as a quarterback's coach. Number one, young guy, 32. This is a really young guy. Um, And again, not going into the recycling bin and replacing a guy like Terry Robisky, who's been a longtime coach in the NFL, giving a young guy a chance to prove his way. The Bills, I mean, I don't have any statistics or data in front of me, but I would probably guess that the Bills have one of the youngest coaching staffs in the NFL. Um, secondly, again, familiarity with McDermott. They've, they've had him as an assistant for a couple of seasons. They know what they have in him before he was with uh, McDermott. He spent time with the Eagles and Chiefs, who's with the Eagles and Chiefs, Andy Reid, who Sean McDermott comes from the Andy Reid coaching tree. And so, again, the familiarity, knowing the, the person, knowing people that know the people to make sure that the right people are putting being put into place, at least guys that you're comfortable with, and knowing enough about their background to give them important roles on the football team. And, and so developing the wide receiving core is going to be important for the Bills. Not that any position isn't important for there to be development, but – Again, Josh Allen needs to have weapons, and those need to develop. And so you think about Robert Foster. You think about Zay Jones. Is there anything in Isaiah McKenzie or uh, uh, Ray Ray McLeod? I mean, those players like that, can they get better? You'd have to think the Bills are going to use some resources on some younger receivers coming into the team. And so Chad Hall is tasked with grooming and developing these players firsthand. And so – Sean McDermott's giving guys that he knows that are young chances to uh, to really carve their way in the league. And I think on one hand, it's really exciting because I hate the recycling bin. But at the same time, I think there's maybe some cause for concern just because, you know, I, I think any job in the world, I think experience is probably something that uh, is valued. And so these guys don't necessarily have a lot of experience, but um, they're they're hopefully young and innovative. So... Uh, we'll see how that goes. I'm, I'm intrigued. I'll say that. I do want to get into one more thing here on today's podcast. I put out a mock draft today. My fifth iteration of a 2019 NFL mock draft. And I want to talk to you guys about the player I chose for the Bills. Uh, just to give you an idea of what happened before the Bills pick at nine. Uh, that way you can understand who was already off the board and who would have been still available. 
I want to get into that real quick. The Cardinals, I had them at number one, taking Quinn and Williams. Number two, I had the 49ers taking Nick Bosa. Number three, the Jets took Josh Allen. So now there's two Josh Allens in the division. Number four, the Oakland Raiders took Brian Burns. Tampa Bay, number five, took Ed Oliver. Number six, the Giants took Dwayne Haskins. Number seven, the Jaguars took Kyler Murray. Number eight, the Lions took Rashawn Gary. And at number nine, the Buffalo Bills select Jawan Taylor, offensive tackle from Florida. Now, I think um, maybe some of you are surprised that it wasn't Jonah Williams or Cody Ford from Oklahoma. And you're probably happy that I went for an offensive lineman for the Bills, but maybe you're surprised to, to hear who it is. Um, man, I just watched his tape a couple weeks ago, and I really like it. I think he's got equal, if not better, tape to Cody Ford, and I think he's got way better tape than Jonah Williams. I like Jonah Williams, but I've recently done his film evaluation, and there are more warts in his game than I saw from Taylor. Uh, right tackle, big, long, athletic. He moves his feet so well. Um, does a really good job framing rushers initially, but... The way that he slides back inside to protect against the B-gap is really exciting to me. Uh, when he gets his hands on guys, man, it's game over. I mean, he gets the clamps on guys. His grip strength is really outstanding. Um, he blocks on the move well, so if you need a guy that's going to you know, get it to the second level against linebackers or even get out on the perimeter and hit a block against a cornerback, man, he can do that. And obviously, I mean, his natural play strength is really exciting. I mean, he, if you put something on someone on top of him and ask him to move him out of the way and create a running lane, he does that as well. So really like the overall physical package. I like a guy that he's got three years of starting experience at Florida, and you can identify growth every single year. So an ascending player, a guy that's gotten better every single season and really peaked as a junior for Florida. Love those things about him. And I also like that he's, he's, he's kind of a natural right tackle. And I like Deion Dawkins on the left side. I think he's had chances to play other spots, and he's just not as comfortable there. And so I think you're able to keep Deion on the left side, and you have Juwan Taylor on the right side, and you've got a really good, interesting, physically gifted pair of bookend tackles to move forward with uh, on this football team. Very important position offensively, offensive tackle, and the Bills would have that secured, really, for the foreseeable future. So I really like Taylor. I think he may be the best offensive tackle in the class. I need to do a little bit more work on these guys. I need to get, you know, their their combine measurements and their, uh, you know, at the you know their athletic testing as well as their their physical measure, measurements. But man, I I don't know. I don't know that I'm going to see better tape than I saw from Jawan Taylor. Got a couple of things to clean up on him. Uh, he's a little bit of a clapper. So uh, what I'm talking about is when you when you're using your hands to block, you want to kind of have a compact punch. Uh, and he, he kind of comes from a wide clap at times. Uh, so something he can clean up. And then want to see him play with a little bit better leverage. There's a lot of times that he will not necessarily sink his hips as well as I'd like him to do. And he'll, he'll uh, instead bow his back and he absorbs contact really well. But he could even be more powerful if he starts dropping those, those hips a little bit and, uh, and uh, using, that, uh, using that leverage advantage to move bodies. So... Um, the Bills, look, we're going to talk a lot about the draft in the coming weeks, and we'll, we'll walk through some mock draft scenarios as well. At number nine, they have options, right? We Wide receiver certainly in play. Uh, you'll probably hear me talk a lot about DK Metcalf from Ole Miss. Uh, North Carolina State wide receiver Calvin Harmon, like both of those guys as first-round wide receivers. 
Offensive line's an obvious need. I just kind of got into some of those options, as well as the defensive line. I, I, you know, I know that everybody wants an offensive player, but getting a wrecking ball defensive tackle to be uh, an interior penetrator is not something the Bills really have. So I think if they can get a real difference maker on the defensive line, I, I'm in favor of that. So with that said, and picking ahead of Denver at 10, and uh, let's see here, since he's at 11, uh, you've got Miami at 13 and Washington at 15. All of those teams potentially could be picking quarterbacks. Number nine could be an attractive spot for a team to trade up. If you know, if there's three quarterbacks that you think are going to go in the first round, Kyler Murray, Dwayne Haskins, Drew Locke, one of those gets you know gets past the Jets and Giants. There, Buffalo is going to be an attractive spot for a team to slide up and get in front of whoever I you know all those teams I just said they want to get in front of Denver, Cincinnati, Miami, or Washington. Nine's going to be a good spot, and so the Bills potentially wouldn't have to move that far back. Maybe get you know a, a two or three or something, you know, some, some day two draft capital and still get the same player they would have been targeting at nine. So I think trading back is something we'll talk a lot about, but I think the bills need to get a difference maker. And I think they'll be able to get one, whether it's at wide receiver, the defensive line or offensive line uh, with, with their first round pick as well. If you can get some additional draft capital on top of that, man, then you've done yourself well. And I think that's certainly a possibility for the bills. So uh, thank you for listening today. I, I We had a lot to get into that wasn't necessarily the state of the roster position. So I've got a couple position groups to get into still. We'll get into them this week. Uh, but I want to spend some time reviewing the Super Bowl, giving some thoughts on that. The two coaching hires that the Bills made, and Ken Dorsey is a quarterback's coach. Chad Hall is a wide receiver's coach. And then I had a mock draft come out today, and so I wanted to get into the Bills pick, why I made it, who the player is, and some of the, the options there at number nine. But we'll talk a lot about the draft here. Uh, moving forward. So thanks again for listening. Follow me on Twitter at the Joe Marino. Let me know what you think about what I think, right? <laughs> I, love, I love interacting with you guys. So uh, don't be afraid to, he- uh, to reach out and share your thoughts. Uh, the Locked on Bills podcast can be followed on Twitter at Locked on Bills. Make sure you're subscribed, tell a friend, leave a five-star review. And if you're kind enough to leave some good words, some kind words, I certainly appreciate all that too. It really helps the podcast. So I appreciate Uh, your support. I'll be back again for you tomorrow, likely continuing the state of the roster series, getting into the cornerbacks, unless some crazy breaking news happens where we need to dedicate the show to that. But uh, thanks again for listening. We'll catch up with you again tomorrow.